Welcome back to Coming Up for Air with hosts Dominique Simone-Levine, Laurie McDougall, and Annie Highwater. This podcast is produced with love by the Allies in Recovery team in solidarity with our listeners. Come in and sit with us for conversations on the most pertinent topics for families navigating a loved one's addiction. We created this podcast along with the learning modules and discussion blog in support of you. We salute the work you are doing and your dedication to helping your loved one find a way through. And now, coming up for air. Hi, everyone. This is Laurie McDougall um, back on Coming Up for Air. Um, today, it's going to be me and Kayla Solomon. Kayla, can you introduce yourself? Yes, I am Kayla Solomon. I am a mental health clinician and I work in Western Massachusetts. I also run the Wednesday night support group for alliesinrecovery.net. Awesome. I do a lot of um, uh, blog posts in the discussion blog on the Allies in Recovery website. Um, and I also have a group that meets, actually, I have three groups that meet on Monday, Tuesdays, and Wednesday nights um, called REST. And you may see it, it's, it's on the banner on the homepage on the Allies and Recovery website. Um, so, Kayla. I just want to say that if, you, if this is the first time you're listening, the alliesinrecovery.net website is absolutely remarkable. There are a tremendous number of resources on there. A lot of the questions that you might have are actually answered in there. So I highly recommend that if you're new to this, that you go in and check out the blog posts, check out the recordings, check out the podcast. There's a lot of interesting information on the site. Um, and you get to navigate it on your own to see what you want. Um, and it's very helpful. Yeah. Also, um, if anybody's out there and they don't know what Kayla and I are talking about, um, as far as the allies website, and you just kind of come across the podcast, we're talking about a website. You can get there www.alliesandrecovery.net. And you can go right now. I'm pretty sure that, um, our membership is free because of COVID-19. Um, but so I know that a lot of a lot of listeners just know about the podcast and do not know about the website. And so you can go there, you can access it. And uh, just what Kayla was talking about, loaded. The Allies website is loaded with all sorts of resources and information. And uh, you can make some connections on the website itself, um, if you have questions, if you have comments. Also, I wanna let members know that um, if you're listening to this podcast and you have specific questions or questions that you want me, Kayla, or Dominique to answer, you can go right to the website into the discussion blog and ask away and we'll, um, we'll answer those questions. We'll try and answer those questions through the podcast. Yes, at some point. And for those of you who don't know what alliesinrecovery.net is about, it's actually for loved ones who are dealing with um, a, somebody who has substance abuse disorder. And the idea is that um, you're basically changing your portion of the dynamic so that you could um, kind of move in the direction of getting that person into treatment. Um, or, or shifting things so that the person gets ready to be in treatment. And that's really the overall mission of Allies in Recovery. 
Yep. So you're going to head to the website if you are interested and want to learn more. Yes. So, so Kayla. Today's topic? Yeah. Are we ready? Yes. <laughs> so, so this is one of my obsessions, which is the thinking about how um, issues are start out as crisis and then become chronic. And I actually was triggered by our last conversation last week because we, we were talking about like how to take care of yourself and your response is when you're in crisis, that's a very difficult thing to do because yep. you're in, you basically are in fix it mode. And so I actually asked the group about this this week. So we had a whole discussion because I never believed that there's one truth. I believe that we need to explore more all of this. And so it really made me think that, okay, so when something is immediately horrible. In this case, we're talking about people, it might be that your loved one is on the street and you have no idea what's going on with them. It might be that they're in your house absolutely abusing substances and you don't know, you know what to do at that moment. It could be that they're losing a job or there's something terrible happening with their family. Um, there's a whole list of possibilities. It could be that they just overdosed and then you're in this other state of mind um, with this. That is cr the crisis moment, okay? Right. And, and basically what happens literally physiologically is that your body goes into um, response mode. There's something terrible is happening. I have to do something. I have to take care of it. I have to fix it. And it is a primitive core response. This is old. I mean, fight old or, like or, the reptile. Right, right. Fight or flight. Right. And remember that it's fight, flight, or hide. Or freeze. Right. <laughs> exactly. I tend to freeze. I'm a freezer. <laughs> yeah. It's I'm June. the one that comes out with the baseball bat. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm like frozen. I call my husband. <laughs> you need to come and respond to my, you know, my fears. Right. I'm the one who comes out. It's like, oh, did I, does somebody need a bat? I'll swing the bat. Let's go. <laughs> and it's That's hilarious because I'm a very small person, but I got the bat. It's like, <laughs> don't start with me. Did you hurt somebody? I'll have to kill you. So, so what's interesting about this is that we all have our own reactions to crisis which also gets landed in the place of trauma as well, because right. we learned that as we were growing up, it's like, what's the safest way or the most effective way to react to a crisis? And that becomes stuck in our bodies um, and stuck in our, in our hormones. And it is a literal physiological response. Our central nervous system is very involved, which is why there's often heart palpitations and you can't breathe and it's hard to think, or you go into thinking like in with this little tiny focus, like you have a right. laser focus of thinking and you cannot think big, you think specific. Right, right, tunnel vision. It's the tunnel vision. Just or I this. like to say the miner's light. You have the miner's light on right, right. and that's where you're going. You could see this little moment. And, and that is a very normal, natural response to a crisis. Human. Yes. Very, it's very human. And remember that there are all these hormones and, and enzymes that react at that moment. Right. And you get flooded. Your system literally is being flooded to allow this response. So you can imagine if you're dealing with this on an ongoing basis, those, those hormonal responses actually become battery acid to your system. Right, right. Cortisol. I, you know, I... I... <laughs> 
believe it or not, I took a neuropsych class in college. And one of the things that happens when you're in fight or flight is your cortisol levels rise really quickly. And the problem with cortisol levels rising is they don't decrease as quickly as they rise. So if you're constantly pulling up those cortisol levels, you're constantly staying in that state of fight or flight. And actually having high cortisol levels make you do things like, or kind of drives you to do things like eat a lot of carbohydrates. Yes. Because it needs, because it depletes you from your carbohydrates. You need to get that energy. Um, And so if you have high cortisol levels all the time and they can't ever kind of come back down to a normal state, you're going to put weight on, you're going to, you know, that's where I I often say when I was uh, going through everything I was going through with my son, every gray hair, every wrinkle, right? Ulcers. Comes from that ulcers, stomach problems, you know, all of those things come, come from that time and previous, you know, trauma and experiences that I had, but yeah. Yep. And, and so, so it's really important not to have that as your constant state because also the cortisol response is designed for it to be quick for you to have the response. And then it's assumed that the, the lion, as we like to say, so if it's primitive, the lion's coming into your environment, you either fight, you run, you hide, you freeze, whatever. But, but then hopefully the lion is gone, either you've been eaten or it's gone or dead. And your job then is to calm your system down because it's an unsustainable state. Right. And And you usually would. Yes. And usually just naturally you would. Yes. But if you have somebody who is doing things steadily that you perceive as a crisis, and I am using the word perceive very intentionally here. Yes. Then what happens is that you then are in this unnaturally heightened state that your body cannot sustain. Right. And that it becomes damaging to you. Right. And if you add other tiny little things that raise your cortisol levels, like you're driving down the highway and someone cuts you off. Ah, oh, God damn it. You know, that, that kind of, that also raises your cortisol levels. So here you are in this heightened state constantly. You can never get those cortisol levels down and you have small little things also happening on the side. Oh, but also remember it. that if you're, if your cortisol is heightened or if you're if your state of alert is already on, then you are perceiving things as danger, even right. if they're not dangerous. Even if they're not, yep. And so you're actually distorted. Right. And and hijacked. So what basically the idea is that if you're dealing with somebody who's having this disruptive, damaging, dangerous behavior on a regular basis, you have to come up with another way to deal with it. Because if you're dealing as constant crisis, you are going to be harmed irreparably. This right. is very damaging. Which and this is, is why, where it comes back to last week. Right. Right. <laughs> but which is why I think when uh, we're talking about in the um, in the e-learning center on the Allies website, module seven talks about ways to take care of yourself. Um, I know you talk about it in your groups. 
I talk about it in my groups. Uh, my groups are rest groups. Your groups uh, are Wednesday nights. You have a yes, Wednesday a night group. meeting. Yep. And we talk about this, uh, the break, the, the pause, the don't react, right? And this is a place where calming yourself down is really, really important. And maybe, I don't know, maybe you can add to this, Kayla, but maybe that's where you start to asking, uh, start asking yourself maybe a question, is this really needing an immediate response or is this something I can kind of put off for a little while? I found that that helped me when I was, when I started um, implementing craft in my own life, that it was the longer I could put something off, yes. the better, right? My reaction was 10 times better. I got myself calm. I pulled myself into a better place. And I, I this is going to sound crazy, but I found that when I did take that pause and when I took a pause, it was at least a day usually before I would come up with some kind of an answer or a solution or approaching you know, some kind of a discussion. Um, it's weird, but things would be jumbled in my mind for a little while. But then um, eventually a much calmer, it's like the solution just kind of came to me. And it was like, oh, no, okay. What skills do I, what, what things do I know? You know, what things do I know on how to handle this? I know that I can have a conversation and I can, you know, say it in a more positive way. I can use reflective listening. I can do these things. And how am I going to, um, how am I going to express myself? And what is the best solution for this? Right. And, <clears throat> but also understanding that when I do, um, when I do approach this solution, that it's probably not going to go swimmingly and that's okay. That's okay. That's but okay. I I, but I also think that it, it, we have to start changing our minds because our minds think that everything needs to be dealt with immediately, which is exactly right. where we're talking about here. Oh my God, I have to do something right now. And that's that there's something actually kind of crazy about that thought. Like, you know, unless you're working as a paramedic, you are not a first responder. Right. You know, that's that was how I started this whole thing. It's like, OK, so let's say I know what's going on. Am I going to do CPR? And yes, if somebody's sitting with you and they and you need to do Narcan, you'll out. do Narcan. Yeah. yeah, that's that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about when you don't know what's going on right. and this person is not in your immediate vicinity, but you're you know that they're out there and something terrible is happening. Right. That the first thought I have and I used to say that because I I felt like, oh, I am a first responder. You call me, I will take care of the crisis. I'm great at that because I am the one with the bat. But but then what happened was I, I started to think, wait a second, if something actually did happen, what am I going to do? It's, it's an right. ambulance that needs to be called, not me. Right. I am not a paramedic, contrary to my own self-perception. I am not a first responder. So if I'm not a first responder, I don't have to be the first one on the scene. I don't have to be driving around town to see where people are. It's like there's somebody else that will take care of that. And then my job is second responder. So it's like, okay, now we're, there's an issue going on. 
how do I handle it? And that is not a crisis. That that is more like, oh, what's the plan? What are the options? How does this get taken care of? And that requires what you talked about, which is this pause. I am obsessed with pausing. With pausing. I, Pausing's I am great. Too. It is. The more you can put it off, um, <clears throat> the clearer it becomes, right? The clearer it becomes. I, I'll share with you and, and all our listeners something that happened to me and I realized I was, I was doing that. I was doing just that. It was incredibly difficult, but um, my loved one had taken off <clears throat> for the weekend, turned off his phone. Um, we had no contact and it was clear what was happening. There, there was no doubt what was happening. And I was freaking out, right? I am sure, you know, it brought me right back to that first time. It, you know, um, I, I am sure my cortisol levels were <laughs> through the roof, right? And um, I have like, I, typically I talk to myself and I like to say I talk to, I have like an inner voice, but it tends to be kind of an outer voice because, <laughs> because I'm talking out loud and I, and I know I am because my husband will like turn and look at me and he's like, oh, she's talking to herself again. I can but, hear you. Yeah, right. I know. <clears throat> but he kind of witnessed me start to do exactly what is in module seven in the e-learning center. I was like, okay, <clears throat> you can go crazy, right? You can do all of those. And I call them wackadoodle things that you've done in the past. Like jump in the car and drive down to, you know, uh, look in the area where the drug dealers are and approach them and, you know, like, like ask them, Hey, have you seen this kid? Like, like a drug dealer. Oh, no. like, what are you doing? Yeah, right. Here's his picture. Right? <laughs> like, what am I doing? Or driving? I remember driving around at like two o'clock, three o'clock in the morning. And I'm like, I have no idea where to find him. There's a really big world out here and I'm driving around like I'm going to find him somewhere. Um, it just really in, incessant things like opening up the, the phone bill so that I could find the numbers on the phone bill that he was calling or he was texting. And I would go, yeah, she's laughing. Kayla's laughing. I want everybody to know. She's like, well, did my, did my son buy drugs from you? (laughs) (laughs) What is it? What? Right. So this is happening. And I could have done that. I could have start calling the hospitals, start calling the police departments, you know? And then I was like, I started talking out loud. Okay. Okay. You're, you have some options here, right? You have no idea. I was convinced he was gone. I was, I was absolutely convinced he was gone. And um, I often go to that first. That's my, that's my first thought. And it was like, okay, you can um, start crying and weeping and pulling your hair out. And uh, this is at like 11 o'clock at night on, on a weeknight. And I've got to get up and go to work the next day, right? So you can do that and you will be sick and exhausted, right? And you don't know if it's true or not. You have no idea. And it was like, okay. So I tell you what, I give you permission to absolutely fall apart 
when you find out the truth. Right. If that's the truth, you have my you you have permission, Laurie, to go ahead and fall apart. But right now, you don't know, and um, and it's not helping anything. You're you're making yourself sicker, um, and it's not getting your loved one home. He's not headed home right now, right? So um, that's when I I grabbed a pillow, decided, okay, I'm going to sleep on the couch. And I'm going to watch the television. I know I'm going to have nightmares, which I have them anyway. So I know you're going to wake up. You're going to start watching that television until it's so boring, you fall back asleep. And this is what you're going to do so that you make sure you get as much sleep as you can um, so that you can handle things the next day and the day after that. So I did that. And I can tell you, it was the, uh, I realized, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. I'm doing module seven. I'm I'm actually doing it, right? Um, and the next day, it was weird. I I had come up with things in the night that I was going to do to try and guilt him, right? I was going to send pictures of the puppy, right? Oh, your your dog misses you. Don't you miss him? You know. And I was like, well, what? that's just going to make him worse. Right? That's just going to make him feel horrible because he left the dog. Right. I was like, Nope, you're not, you're not doing anything. You're not doing anything. You're holding on. You're, you're just going to hold on. You're going to get your sleep. And it was weird. I woke up the next day and it was like, okay, I'm going to take some of my um, communication skills that I know. And I'm not going to confront him about using but I'm also not going to pretend like I'm not going to try and um, ask if he's using or anything like that. I'm going to go on like he is using because I know that he is. Yes. Right. So my comment isn't, you know, are you using or, you know, it was, hey, I know I can't change what's already happened. Right. So I'm not asking you, I know. <laughs> right. And could you just, could you just give me a call, say hi? You can even hang up and then I'll just know you're okay. And uh, I love you. And that was, and that was it. That's what I sent to him. Um, and he did call me uh, pretty quickly and um, was very apologetic and, and started coming home. And I'm not saying, I'm not saying that if you do this, that's going to be the result on the other side of it. But I have to tell you, for me personally, the next day, taking that pause and really, really calming myself down, that's taking care of myself. Yes. That's it. But but it's also changing the story. Because if you're the superhero that has to fly out of your house with the cape and go find him with your little photos... Um, talking to drug dealers and, you know, hopefully right. he's outdoors because, you know, then you have to have the vision to be able to see through buildings and that might not be your superhero skill. Yeah. So, so it's like, but that's what we think of ourselves. Like we're right. going to go out and do this. And I really feel like the, this whole, this whole thing starts with one, the pause and two, really learning how to live with, I don't know. Okay. Because I think, I think this whole process is about control. We're going to take care of it. We're going to fix it. We're going to make it right. And when you know that you don't know, then you have to come up with a different plan. I, I do agree with you, but I also think 
I also think it has to do with um, <clears throat> with us as family members. Um, how do I say this? Uh, of understanding how to um, how to calm ourselves down. I know yes. how to override these intense, intense because because I'm going to tell you. Let me let me just say this. I knew, I knew I could not control the illness. I knew I couldn't control my son. I knew it. The problem was, is I also couldn't control myself. Right. Right. I couldn't control but myself. But that's the point. And so the, the whole work here is learning about yourself and learning to the con- tools to work right. with yourself. Because we the focus is, how am I going to help this person? How am I going to fix this person? Right. What if you're the one that needs to be helped and fixed? Right. And, and the good thing is the power. Right. And that's the, that's what I am. I, I do have some control over it, right? Some control over me, which is going to then have an impact on other people in Absolutely. my life. Right? Absolutely. Right. Other people. Right. But also, um, I, I also think our topic today um, is kind of, and, and maybe we kind of didn't quite get to the topic. So maybe we, we put it off until our next recording, but um, identifying what is chronic and what is crisis. All right, I'm gonna say something in two words with this, okay. with two sentences, which is crisis, it needs to have an immediate quick response, okay? And chronic is a pattern that lasts over time, right? okay? And it involves crises, but it's over time. So it requires a different level of focus. It requires a different level of energy and it requires different tools. Right. And so, so that's the work. The work is both, there's no way that anybody that's listening to this, if they have a loved one is dealing with just crisis, they're right. dealing with chronic or else you wouldn't be listening to this. And right. so the what what is required is to then create a set a toolbox for yourself to be able to do self-care to think about things differently to have a set of resources available to be able to self-soothe as you said right communication skills communication skills interactive skills i i agree and i think um the one of the number one problems for families is identifying what is crisis and what is chronic and and does this it, you know having to have to have an immediate response is um is kind of in the forefront that everybody thinks they're in crisis all the time right and and i think the first step if you could leave here with nothing else is if you could start an experiment of what happens if I don't respond immediately and see the results of it. Yeah. And to give yourself time, like if you do nothing else after this podcast and, but, but practice taking space and time to give yourself time to think about it and process differently and come up with different choices. And as you work on yourself and have more awareness and create more of a toolbox that will change your reactivity to it. That will change your responses to it. That will change your choices. And once you have choices, every single time will have a different um, set of skills that you use. And that's a gift. And, and actually, um, and, and I know we're coming to the end of it, but um, another thing we might want to talk about is um, understanding the need to, uh, a lot of family members 
feel they have to be perfect the first time <gasps> with the new skills. Right. And it's like, and actually understanding that having mistakes with the new skills is a part of the process too. It's the gift. It's the right. gift because if you're perfect, you're intimidating. So don't be intimidating, make your mistakes and be proud. Right. There we go. Well, you know what? This was a great conversation. As as always, we have some really good, great, great conversations. I think we could go on for hours. Um, but just once again, to all of our listeners, um, if you haven't checked out the website, www.alliesinrecovery.net. And I will see you next week. See you next week. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. We hope this episode of Coming Up for Air spoke to you. If you're listening in today on a podcast platform that isn't the Allies member site, please take a moment to give us a five-star rating. This helps others find the show more easily. If you have a suggestion for a new topic or guest for the show, please reach out through the Contact Us form on alliesandrecovery.net. Special thanks to our hosts, our guests, our production team, and Michael Mauboussin for the original music composition.